Welcome to the Brain Gain Youngstown Leadership Series Podcast. Each week, we'll learn from leaders who are driving change and making an impact. Now here's your host, the CEO of the Youngstown Publishing Company, Jeff Leo Herman. We're thrilled to have Sean Armstrong here today. Sean, thanks for joining us here on the Brain Gain Podcast. Thank you for having me, Jeff. Appreciate it. Glad to be here. And you are sitting at the Central YMCA, correct, in downtown Youngstown? Correct. Central YMCA, downtown Youngstown, the historical Youngstown YMCA. Right. And it's and it is open for business, correct? Yes, we reopened back in June, uh, June 1st to be exact, and uh, have ramped up uh, month over month, and we are open and well. I, I have to say, I've been going to the Y for quite a while and um, was in not too, too long ago and, and impressed by the by the protocols and the amount of, you know, just the the environment is is a great environment to work out, and just all the precautions being taken. There's hand sanitizer everywhere, plenty of masks. Everyone's masked up, um, so it feels like a great place to work out. Yeah, we yeah, absolutely. Our staff have done an amazing job of uh, we clean around the clock, um, high touch areas, of course. Uh, you know, I know a lot of businesses are taking these precautions. Um, a lot of the equipment is spread out um, six feet or even beyond uh, class. Uh, the classes are spaced out as well. But uh, yeah, people seem to feel safe. Um, a great place right now. We are getting more and more each month uh, that have returned and nothing but great feedback about the clean- cleanliness of the uh, of, of our facility. Absolutely. And, and I, I can't wait to get back in action with Clement Franklin. I tell you what, that 12, round, 12 rounds class, that's something else. Oh, yeah, definitely. We'll, we'll, we'll save a spot for you. Uh, okay. You might want to prepare yourself before that class. but I have to work out before the workout just to get back into some type of conditioning. There you go. Clement does a great job. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, no, so, um, you know, I'm, we're thrilled you're here on the podcast today. We're, we're what you um, – would love a, some background. So, you know, as a child, what did you aspire to do when you were growing up? And and you recently moved back here from the Detroit area, correct? I was actually in Raleigh, North Carolina. Uh, prior to that, I was in the Metro Detroit area. That's right. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, you've definitely made. Some, so, you're back into the Mahoning Valley. We're thrilled to have you back. Back here, love it. Glad to be here. Uh, I got here one month before the pandemic hit. Uh, I got here February sixth last year. Um, great to be home. Love home. Of course, miss the, uh, you know, Bellaria and Wedgwood pizza. <laughs> I didn't get that in Raleigh, North Carolina, you know, um, but it's excellent to be home and, you know, um, was very, very glad to be here. So, uh, growing up, what did you, what, what, what were your sights set on, say, as a child, what did you want to do when you grew up? So this is, uh, you know, not just in favor of you, but actually I wanted to be a, uh, news journalist um, initially. In elementary school, I did a uh, book report on Walter Cronkite. No way. And No joke. And from that moment, I had a great interest in it. Um, that eventually fizzled out once I got into basketball. And of course, I thought I was uh, going directly to the league. Um, that did not happen, needless to say. Um, but yeah, I, I was definitely... Uh, uh, probably jumped around on my path of, uh, of career and um, eventually ended up in healthcare before landing in this position. Okay. And is it, was there anything in particular that got you into healthcare? Was it just always an interest in 
wellness and fitness and always had a passion to help people and um, you know want to want to care for others. Uh, my earlier years uh, here in Youngstown, I worked with the Youngstown Developmental Center um, with the mentally challenged. Um, great experience. Um, so from that edge, I knew I wanted to remain in healthcare to some degree. Mm -hmm. um, I really literally did research in the healthcare field, um, landed uh, in radiology, actually. I was, I'm was i still certified as an x-ray tech. Wow. Uh, from there, uh, you know, your pathway sort of uh, leads you um, uh, each step of the way. And so uh, from there, I really uh, began to progress into leadership positions, uh, being promoted by my peers and things of that nature. And uh, one thing led to another. And uh, like I said, right before this position, I, I've uh, been leading radiology departments. And uh, right before moving back, I was uh, a regional administrator at UNC uh, over their physician practice sector. So, Well, was there, when you were growing up, I know you mentioned Walter Cronkite, were there other people in your life that um, you look to, to, you know, for leadership uh, kind of and growth opportunities? Honestly, I didn't have to look far. My, my parents were probably the most inspirational in my life. Uh, my mother, uh, one of the hardest working women, women I know, uh, my father, the same, um, didn't see them sleep much. Uh, they, they uh, you know, worked around the clock to make sure we had the things that we needed. Um, same thing on my grandparents' side. My grandfather uh, retired, if I'm not mistaken, three times. Uh, he worked in the steel mill, um, got another job, retired, and then I think ultimately retired. He worked over at Stanbaugh doing security. And uh, my grandmother, you know, always uh, took others in. She did um, foster parenting and just a caring family and um, big shoes to fill, so didn't have to look far for inspiration. That's excellent. Was there someone that you, um, you know, transitioning to the to the Central YMCA, you know, that, that that's an organization with, like you said, a great history. Is there, what was that switch like going from, say, an administrative position at a healthcare system to the YMCA? Like what, how, would, how did that change work? Sure. I get that question a lot. So um, the Operations is operations, so that part comes easy, um, you know, uh, budget, strategy, et cetera. Uh, the, the piece for me that drew me back in here uh, is I've always had this itch to want to come back and give back to the city. Um, didn't know when that would come. Um, uh, you know, I saw this position open up and, uh, you know, after some conversation with the wife and family, um, decided to make a leap. But it's just been something that's always on my heart. I grew up in the Youngstown City School System. And, you know, coming up in my era, um, there were not many examples of those that would leave and come back. And so um, while it's it's hard, uh, there definitely was a sacrifice tied to it, you know, um, regarding, you know, pay and things of that nature, uh, uh, amenities that you may have in bigger cities. But the benefit for me to give back to a city that helped raise me was, uh, it was a no brainer. And so I'd rather do it now in my career when I'm still young and ambitious uh, versus later in my career when I'm a little more settled. So um, like I said, it, it was uh, sort of a no brainer. Um, my healthcare career is, is solid. Um, and I did really well uh, in that healthcare sector and um, just bringing those talents back here and hoping to just make a difference in my community. That's, that's why I'm here. 
Were there some, we're, we're thrilled to have you back. And so were there, are there any things that surprised you coming back that were better than you thought or worse than you thought? So I've watched Youngstown from afar for years. Um, I've actually uh, watched the Business Journal <laughs> um, via LinkedIn and other sites, um, but always kept a pulse on what was going on in the city. The landscape definitely has changed. I'd say um, the leadership structure is, uh, is, is uh, I'd say, improved. Um, the decisions and moves that we're making um, as a city are progressive. Um, the infrastructure changes, what I see going on with YSU and with uh, uh, what Mr. Trestle was doing there. Um, great moves. I see this huge economic shift and um, it, it's exciting. It's an exciting time to be here. Um, a huge transition from the old school way that we did things back in, in, in you know, my time. Not that I'm not that, not that I'm that old, but right, um, right. things definitely have shifted. So I was um, pleased to see the, the progression and I think the climate is just right. So I was very excited to be back. Excellent. And you do a fair amount of work with, with kids day to day, right? So that with the YMCA, what type of programs does the Y offer to kids and especially young? Oh, yeah. Between our branches, we have, obviously tons of programs. Um, you know, what's our main focus right now is our scholastic support program. Uh, we have uh, youth from a lot of Youngstown City School kids um, and kids from other uh, areas as well. Uh, we uh, saw a need with virtual schooling and, um, you know, of course, our gigantic facility, we have the space and ability to spread kids out. Mm -hmm. uh, we have the staffing to keep the kids safe and give them the sort of one-on-one uh, -on -one support that they might need um, during a virtual year, which, you know, that, that's a bit of a transition for them. Um, program has been highly successful. The kids are having a blast. Um, the kids are safe. Um, and it's it's very nice to have uh, kids in the building and to hear, hear those voices and see those smiles each day. Right. Well, they, they do bring, I mean, you know, we're all optimistic about the future. And, and um, you know, it's funny, the joke around the why is, you know, especially in like the HFD section, it's a bunch of, you know, old guys walking around in cows. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> you know? right, right. But the youth focus and then the programs that are offered really just gives you, you know, just, it just, there's a lot of energy and vibrancy happening. And, and even the renovation, which, you know, if anyone hasn't been into the, when was the renovation completed? About a year or two ago? I think it was a little longer than that. Um, I, I want to say mid to late. I want to say at least maybe five years ago, if okay. I had to guess. Yeah. So yeah. for our audience, if you have not been to the Central Y, you got to check it out because it's cool. I, in fact, the I love the orange in the uh, lobby area. It's a great place right. to shoot video. It <laughs> so. is. Oh, it was definitely a shift for me coming back. I remember the old entry entryway and the hand check-in, uh, all of those things have changed, but they did an awesome job uh, preserving the old as well as bringing in sort of a new look. So it's it's beautiful. Mm -hmm. We have a very uh, much so open corridor when you walk into the Y. So if you haven't been there, please come and check it out. Absolutely. Do you, um, what, what's been your leadership style? So, so coming back in after years of being out of town, right, you get you said you get used to different amenities, you get used to different perspectives. I mean, North Carolina is, is literally, there are no, you know, it's such an area where it's all people new to the area, right? All right. transplants. Did you have to adjust or adapt your leadership style to kind of come back to an, what I would call an established market? 
I would say somewhat. Um, definitely each location has been a little different. Um, Detroit was very much so uh, uh, cutthroat, <laughs> a little iron-fisted. Um, again, great, love my time there. Very great, great atmosphere. Um, uh, North Carolina, that Raleigh area, very political. Coming back here, um, you know, that small town feel, everyone sort of knows what's going on and um, making those those uh, intimate connections. So I, I'd say that transition was a little different for me. Um, but again, I'm a, I'm a Youngstown guy through and through, so it didn't take long to, to get back in the swing of it. Okay. Well, that's good. You're right. It, you feel like the, in one respect, it's easier to navigate sometimes because you know people, you know the history, you know the backgrounds, you know maybe different things about them or, you know, different parts of, of their personality. Um, but that's also could be harder because it's also people may be more set in their ways, right? So this is true. Um, and honestly, I can say, you know, everyone's been very receptive. Um, you know, uh, a mentor once told me you only get to be new once. And I've been gone from the city for so long that, um, you know, some may not remember me, some may have never met me. Um, but I'd say the city is uh, the folks that I've met with, the businesses, the companies, the leadership team uh, groups that I've met with have been, just been awesome, very receptive, um, great atmosphere for collaboration, um, a lot of just good opportunity and good people doing good work. Absolutely. That's good. We want to get into uh, potentially, you know, things we've learned over time and otherwise known as leadership mistakes, because we all uh, learn from our mistakes. But first, we're going to take a minute to, to thank the sponsors of this Brain Gang uh, program. The Brain Gain is a collaborative effort, and we'd like to thank our headlining sponsors, including Farmers National Bank. Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Mahoning Valley Manufacturers Coalition, and Southwoods Health. Also included are Eastern Gateway Community College, PNC Bank, the Moransky Companies, the Mahoning County Career and Technical Center, the Youngstown Business Incubator, Simon Roofing, the DeBartolo Corporation, Youngstown State University, and Junior Achievement of the Mahoning Valley. So we are back, and uh, Sean, as you've transitioned back here to Youngstown, I'm sure along the way you've, or even in the scope of your career in management and leadership, what leadership mistakes have you made and what have you learned from them? Perhaps things you could share with us to help us. Uh, I'd say one of the most notable in my leadership career, and this was earlier in my career, definitely something I learned from uh, promoting uh, other leaders too soon. And so I uh, took this young, ambitious leader, uh, reminded me of myself and uh, promoted him early and put him in, in out front of this pretty important initiative. And uh, oh, he completely uh, twisted things around and um, things didn't go as planned. I uh, definitely had to step in and uh, make some adjustments, but quickly learned, uh, you know, the importance of that pro of being processed and, um, uh, you know, obviously the importance of, um, you know, for his career, um, not uh, putting him in a position to not be successful, but, um, you know, guiding him along the way, uh, probably giving him the support he needed uh, to be successful in that situation. But uh, that's one that comes to mind. 
I, you know, I can, I, I definitely want to drill into that a little bit because I, I, you know, I'm also a big believer in accountability and just kind of throwing people out there and saying, do what you think is best mm-hmm. and take initiative and go for it. Right. And sometimes that's not the best course of action, right? Just right. To, to complete hands off. I trust you go for it where there's probably, you know, in hindsight, right. Oh, maybe more of a guided right. <laughs> process. Right. Definitely. I mean, you can ruin someone's career that way, um, you know, uh, with a horrible start. And so as leaders, um, it's our job to, I think, like I said, my goal is to remove barriers from my team so that they can be successful. Um, and if we throw someone into the deep end and tell them to swim, um, chances are they're not going to be very successful. And so I think, uh, like I said, coaching them, guiding them, giving them tasks, tasks that um, they may struggle with, but things that they can own and, and be successful at is going to be important um, and not really, uh, like I said, giving them things that they're more than likely not going to be successful at. So, yeah. So often we want to empower people and, and you know, everyone has the best intent and, you know, you're empowered to, to run with it. But um, I think, I, I don't know, I struggle with that same thing as well. Like how much do you completely full empowerment to the point of extreme delegation? Right? Right. Yeah, no one wants to be a micromanager. Um, but on the other hand, again, uh, when you're on the hook, ultimately, <laughs> you can cause yourself more headache than than anything. Um, and so, uh, yeah, you you, you want to reel them in. You don't want to give uh, too much. Uh, like I said, uh, putting them in a position to be unsuccessful is, is just not what we want to do. Yeah, especially with with uh, those newer in their careers. You're right because there there may be mistakes that they can't recover from. Right. So early in their career, so right, a more of a graduated or structured, maybe would you would you I guess how would you do that kind of in hindsight? More shorter milestones, or I say shorter milestones, um, and, and depending on who that leader is and what their skill set is, meeting with them frequently, um, setting clear cut goals. Um, uh, again, looking at where their gaps are, helping them to remove those gaps, um, you know, uh, really building a developmental plan so that they have a, a room to grow, a room to improve upon, things to improve upon uh, measurably, of course. And so, um, you know, that that's always been my approach. I love working with new leaders um, and the ambition and um, it's controlling that. So you don't want to kill that buzz. They have all this energy and they just want to jump right in and do everything. Um, but really harnessing that energy. Um, I always give the analogy of like a motorcycle out of control can kill you, you know, um, but under control can be, you know, a beautiful thing. And so um, helping the leaders to harness that energy without losing that buzz, um, but then guiding them and guiding that energy where they're productive, effective and efficient at what they do. So. Right. Right. Yeah. That notion of like finessing or, or, um, channeling their energy right and that's that's true and and yeah everyone's profile is a little bit different but the ability to kind of channel their energy and and i tell you what communications i mean every single day you think you communicate enough but it's probably never enough right just to reinforce this this is true Uh, that's where that you know meeting early and often comes into play and it's an investment you know you have other things to do that are higher on your on your to-do list but 
um, it's an investment that you have to make, uh, taking that time to, um, like I said, connect with them on the things that they're, they're struggling with. You'll identify things that they might not see as something that needs to be focused in on. And so um, making those connections is just going to be critical. That, that's a key insight on investment. Um, because right, to invest in something means you literally have to give without the return, you know, without the immediate return. Right. And the investment is worth it over the long run, just like the stock market, right? If you put your money in years from now, it will have grown, obviously, if you put them in the right, put it in the right places. But to completely just assign but not invest is probably a, a key insight here. Yeah, that investment piece is critical. Um, uh, you know, I've had several leaders throughout the years that, um, you know, some uh, take two and, and some don't, but, um, you know, you, you have to put that investment in upfront. Right. So, so from that standpoint, do you feel like our community, our region, we're all making the right investments now? Is there, are there any still major roadblocks you see for our region to progress? Oh, that's a great question. Um, I think I mentioned earlier, I think the infrastructure that we have set up in the city and the, the, the direction that we're going is a great direction. Um, uh, the, the investments downtown, um, the work I see being done along Fifth Avenue, um, around YSU, um, when I look at other bigger cities, you know, Raleigh and the Detroits, um, I see a lot of those same type of moves. Um, we have a great leadership structure, I believe, in place and, and people that are moving and doing and um, a lot of things that I, I just could never imagine that I would see in this city in this day and time. And so um, love the movement. The one thing I would say that we uh, might lack, and I think we're, I, I hope we're moving towards that is, uh, you know, you still need businesses that create businesses that create businesses and jobs, of course, you know, well-paying jobs for people to pay taxes, et cetera. And so, um, you know, I see what's going on at, on out at Lordstown in that area, um, which is key, and that will impact our area, which I think is beautiful. Um, I think we're creating the infrastructure to attract those types of jobs in the cities. Schools are important, school systems, of course, uh, colleges are, benef- are, are a huge, uh, uh, great amenity when you're looking for a place to, to bring a headquarters or bring a company. Um, of course, you need the uh, technical infrastructure, depending on what type of business you run. Um, you need, uh, of course, um, educated, you know, that's where the YSUPs come in, educated uh, uh, employees and staff to uh, work in that sector. Um, I think we're making the moves, um, just looking for those businesses to come in is, is what I think uh, I, I would hope to see as a next step. Do you think there's enough done in the city proper? Because you're right, there is significant, you know, we report on Lordstown happenings, and obviously we cover the entire region, Lake to River. Sure. So if something happens in Ashtabula, we cover it. If it's going down in Lawrence County, we cover it. But you know, there's a significant, I think we're over-indexing on Lordstown, which mm-hmm. obviously exciting things, Lordstown Motors, right. themselves. Do you think the city is is getting enough attention and has a plan to maximize maybe leaning into what's happening out there? That I don't know. Um, I do see, which is interesting that, that I haven't had a chance to see this in the past. Lordstown is looking to really capitalize on that. So they're building 
um, living structures, condos, et cetera, from what I'm hearing um, out that way to capture those people there versus having it sort of commuters come into their city and out um, or into that area, I should say. Um, I think we, I'm, I, I don't, I'm not quite sure what we're doing uh, around that, but I do think that we should be looking to accommodate, um, you know, those workers in some way, shape or form to, to bring those in. I do know that there are, I will say there are some local businesses working with those companies to um, create employment opportunities locally. Uh, so we're uh, building up um, the work that I believe that Jeff Magad is doing at Flying High, for example, with training up uh, um, employees and local folks to work in those sectors, I think is excellent. So I am seeing some of that, which I think is awesome. Good. And and the transportation infrastructure, I believe the WRTA is making inv investments. So oh, that's great. Yeah. And and these are I think these are all open items. Like we're we're th this conversation is is isn't really about answering questions. It's about potentially posing questions. So for members sure. of our audience, if you're listening and you know very specifically of plans you can sh and you want to share those plans, how the city of Youngstown is embracing all and I know it's happening, right? It's just that um, we'd love to have love to have those specific details to help fill in fill in the gaps. But um, yeah, that that's you know a rising tide lifts all boats, right? That's the kind of the famous old saying. So there is enough. There's with economic development incentives, with transportation infrastructure, with the focus on mm -hmm. social determinants of health and and education. Right. I think we have all the ingredients, really. It's just a, it's a matter of execution, right? And That's exactly it. Um, all, all of the ingredients, like you mentioned, uh, we just have to get those businesses in um, that pay well-paying jobs where, you know, folks can buy homes and uh, do the things that they need to do and, you know, again, have a thriving community. Right, right. So do you, uh, to kind of round out here, to close out here, do you have any favorite leadership books things you've read recently you want to share? Uh, sure. Um, classic things. So I, I'd say uh, Good to Great by William Collins. Can't go wrong with that one. Um, Simon Sinek, uh, Leaders Eat Last. Yep. Looks like you got one on the shelf, but there you go. Yeah, this was <laughs> Collins. Uh, this was, this is Beyond Entrepreneurship 2.0. Nice. I, I didn't realize that this was predates good to grade and built to last. Wow. So this was this is this is a new edition just released. And it's cool because it's the it's you know the original um book with you know his view from 2020. <laughs> Interesting. And so yeah, it's it's literally a framework, core values, culture. BHAG, you know, the yes, tools. Yes. So I'm sorry. I'm going to make you go back and check that one out. Yeah. No, I, it's, it's, I'm, I'm, it's, I literally have it right here because I'm using the, the templates to, to kind of work through a strategic plan. So I, I cut awesome. you off. What other, so you said, uh, Collins and Cynic, uh, any other books that you've, uh, uh, I'd say my favorite of all time. And like I said, I'm a very classic guy. The, uh, the, the good old book, <laughs> the Bible. Right. Um, a lot of great uh, leadership, um, even management, uh, you know, parables and stories throughout, et cetera. Um, I draw a lot from from the good book and uh, uh, apply them to my life for sure. Absolutely. So to, to close, do you have any challenges you'd like to share with the audience and, you know, say if you could do one thing 
Uh, what, what would you like to challenge our audience to do? This is uh, 2021. So, you know, we, we take that um, year of 2020 and we, we look forward and we press forward. You know, this is Youngstown. Um, we're resilient and we really can make it through anything. We've made it through the steel mill transitions and, you know, wars and all kinds of other different things, you know, uh, throughout the years. And so I think just pressing forward, this, this will be a big year for collaboration, I think, for us in the city. Um, I know myself looking to collaborate with a lot other nonprofits and businesses in the area. Um, the focus is the people, the community, these children, um, really just looking to to make a difference and, and um, help raise the spirits and, and, and uh, you know, morale of this community as we press forward into this year. So um, I personally refuse to have another 2020 repeat, um, regardless of what happens. Uh, we will press forward. We will succeed. We, we you know, we're resilient. So um, I just say, uh, let's connect. If you'd like, reach out. Um, but let's just press forward. Let's be Youngstown and 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 just be great in 2021. I can't. I couldn't agree more. I mean, in fact, it's interesting. So often we ask, well, what was it like coming back to Youngstown? But hey, you were in Detroit. You were in the Carolinas. If you told someone. I'm from Youngstown. What did what was their reaction typically? Ooh, that's a loaded question. Um, can I be honest? Yeah, yeah, that, that's <laughs> the point. I because I I've done it. You know, yeah. Chicago, San Francisco. That's I want right. to hear your feedback is. I always get. Ooh, that's a rough city. You know, I, I get that. Um, if not that, I get. Oh, that's a football town. So and so came from here, and so and so right. came from there. I get that a lot, um, and and then you get the commuters, the people that say, "Oh, I passed through there. I stopped," and you know, <laughs> depending on where they stopped determines you know how that story goes from there. But yeah, it, I, I was I was always surprised to know how many people actually knew where Youngstown was and knew about the history. And um, I think the depending on age as well, so older folks had um, uh, a different view, I think, of our city from the way it used to be. Uh, so. That's right. a great question. <laughs> no, that's funny. I because I, I literally would use it as a as a badge or you know a pride. Yes. Right? I'm in Chicago. They say, "Where'd you grow up?" Youngstown. That's right. Oh, and you do yep. people like lean back. And then when I yes. was in New York, same thing. Grew up in Youngstown, and they give you that silent nod. That's right. That's right. Yeah, so, Young, uh, Detroit and Chicago, not too far off. Uh, most right. folks that I spoke with there were. They're like okay, you're in the you're in the same class as us. <laughs> right. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yep. Exactly. They feel like there's an identity, an identity there, and they, there's grit. And I, the key words, right? Grit, resilience. That's it. Bootstrap. We get it done. That's you right. Know? And that's I think what what's our challenge is our opportunity. You know, absolutely. You hit the nail on the head for sure. Absolutely. I always so, like to say uh, I, I learned you know, hard work and, and grit from here. Detroit, I learned how to sort of hustle and go after it. Raleigh, I learned uh, how to be political in the the, the, the uh, leadership arena. I see. And, you know, full circle, here I am back here. So I'll bring all those things back to, to the city. Love it. Fantastic. <laughs> well, I really appreciate your time. It's been great getting to know you better, Sean. And Likewise. a lot of great things happening. We're working together on our navigators program and really helping um, – you know, we're, we're thrilled to have you and your team and, and the kids and the members part of our 
virtual company tour series. And we're, gonna, totally. we're really thrilled to help, you know, expose all the kids that you work with day to day to their right. amazing potential they have ahead of them. Yeah, no, we appreciate it. Uh, it's it's going to be great. And looking forward to connecting with you guys on this as well. This will be a great project. All right. Well, thanks for joining us today, Sean. Appreciate it. Thank you, Jeff. I appreciate it. Thanks for joining us on the podcast today, because together we're building a culture of entrepreneurship and promoting workforce development. So if you like what you heard, please share it with a friend and leave us a rating or review on your favorite podcast player. Your feedback is very important to us. We want to make the show better all the time. And if you would like to give me direct feedback, email me, please. My email is j. H-E-R-R-M-A-N-N at business-journal.com or you can find me on LinkedIn. And lastly, would love to thank the members of the Brain Gain Coalition. Those headline collaborators include Farmers National Bank, Sweeney Chevrolet Buick GMC, the Mahoney Valley Manufacturers Coalition, and Southwoods Health. And joining them are members of the coalition including Eastern Gateway Community College, PNC Bank, the Moransky Companies, MCCTC, the Mahoney County Career and Technical Center, the Youngstown Business Incubator, Simon Roofing, the DeBartolo Corporation, Youngstown State University, and Junior Achievement of Mahoning Valley. Without them, none of this would be possible. So thanks again for joining us today. And remember, together we are building a culture of entrepreneurship and promoting workforce development. Thanks for watching the video. Be sure to like, subscribe, and hit that little bell for notifications. And also make sure to connect with us on Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn. For all of your business news, visit businessjournaldaily.com. For all of your arts and entertainment news, go to afterhoursyoungstown.com.